production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Story Connect, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. How can what you know about consumers change the way you tell your story? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of the Story Connect podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Megan McCoyno, one of the storytellers at Pioneer Utility Resources. I am joined by Brianna Wall, Manager of Marketing and Member Relations at Oklahoma Electric Cooperative. Now, in this episode, we're continuing a conversation that Brianna and I started about how her co-op adds data in their storytelling strategy. Now, in our first episode, which I hope you've listened to, uh, we covered how the co-op collects data to guide community spending. It's a fascinating approach uh, that I love and I think a lot of us could learn from. Now, today we are diving into audience segments and how her team identifies and adds internal data to their communication strategy. Let's jump back into that conversation. Um, I'm wondering if there's any other types of data that your team is gathering right now and how you're aligning this data, including audience segments that y'all might be looking at and message analytics, which you already mentioned. How are you aligning that to all of your strategic goals? I love the the um, the segmented. To answer your first question, <laughs> yes, we are actually uh, we work closely with our member services department who they collect mm-hmm. a ton of caller call center metrics. Uh, So we try to stay in tune with them. Hey, are you getting a lot of calls on a certain topic? Can we help clarify? Um, But you can still pull the data. That's that's the thing. So, and what software do y'all use? Uh, We're we're NISC. Okay. So So that's another cooperative. Yes. Always fun. So that's really good for folks to know. They might not have known about that capability, but so if you are a member of NISC... Yes, the feature our member service associates use is called contact tracking. And there are reasons okay. built into that where they that's part of their process. Every time they answer the call, they go there first and click the reason for the call. So we have that on everyone who calls in. I love that. And then you're able to take that data, which a lot of utilities probably have and may not Mm -hmm. realize they could be using. And then how do you then add that to your communication planning? So we take that into consideration. It's they're all this is going to kind of sound bad because our members are not numbers, but their interactions are numbers. So when we were trying to identify those themes, we had already predefined things like energy efficiency, renewables, electric vehicles, rates, youth programs, community programs, that kind of, we'd predefined some buckets. So this data that we would pull from the member services side would, those numbers would just go right in with the email uh, numbers, with the social media numbers under that bucket. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, it does. It does. So that's just another piece of data coming in to show you the overarching themes that your members are interested in learning more about. Right. I love that. Uh, What about audience segments? I know I I kind of went down a bunny trail with with the member service because I get very excited about that. (laughs) Uh, But what, how are you using audience segments with your messaging as well? Sure. So one example is we send out an email series when new members connect service. This is getting more and more common in the co-op world. It so is. It's, a, it's a wonderful a, thing. 
It is. We love it. It took some work on the front end to set up, but it's automated now. It's all worth it. But every week for six weeks after someone connects service, they're getting an email from us about something different. And in one of those emails, we promote our youth programming and our community programming. And if they click one of those youth links to tell them more about our youth tour or energy camp or whatever the case may be, they get a tag added to them automatically in MailChimp that's just called youth because it's an internal facing tag. It doesn't have to be fancy. But what we do with that is when we open up a scholarship contest, a scholarship program or youth tour contest or something like that, Rather than e-blasting 50,000 people and risking all those unsubscribes, we have that built-in audience of someone who has clicked on youth content. We know they're engaged with that. They're interested in that. So we target them with that kind of of promotion. And of course, the click rates, the open rates are always so much higher and no one's unsubscribing. That's our big thing is we don't want to e-blast too much because we could get a lot of unsubscribes. So we use that a lot. We build in automated features. It's called customer journeys in MailChimp. I know Constant Contact has a feature that's similar, but we do that a lot, just kind of um, classifying people uh, by what their interests are and then giving them content that they would like to see. I love that. So that's segmenting audiences by interests uh, that you have Mm -hmm. tracked through things like that. Uh, the new member email. Um, Do you also have any audience segments based on where people live, any age age ranges, or, you know, have you gone into demographics with some of your audience segments and specific messages like rebates that you're trying to target toward people in a certain community, say? Yes. So we have actually done that. Uh, One, we have done rebates, but I'm going to give you a different example. Uh, When we introduced a new rate, so during the pandemic, our board approved an alternative rate for residential. And for years, we had one rate everybody had to be on, and it made exactly zero people happy. So finally, we, (laughs) they introduced a new alternative rate. And uh, so our data team, we pulled some numbers on usage comparisons basically to see if you would have been on this new rate, you would have saved $200 last year. So we did that. We emailed probably 500 members total with the goal of getting them to switch to this new rate because they would save a substantial amount of money. Um, That that took some work and some coordinating with our data team, uh, but we were able to use mail merge tags or merge tags in MailChimp so that each member, they open their email, they would see, this is what you spent in 2019 at your current rate. If you would have been on this new rate, you would have only spent this number. And so we were able to get specific with each different account and each different person we emailed. Uh, And I thought that was pretty cool to be able to do that. That was kind of our first um, dabbling into, uh, into that level of data in an email, in an email campaign. What was your conversion rate as a result of that campaign? I mean, did you track and see how successful it was Mm -hmm. uh, with those 500 people that you targeted? Yes, there were about... Not targeted, 500 people that you lovingly tried to help save money. (laughs) Yes, 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was about, if I remember correctly, because we've done another since then, I think that one was about a 50% conversion rate Wow! at the time. Yeah, which, That's amazing. which we knew during the very early stages of the pandemic, our open rates were so much higher. Our click rates were higher because everyone was just hungry for content of any kind. They were just stuck in their <laughs> home. Beautiful time, and right? <laughs> we launched our podcast in March or April of 2020, <laughs> and it was fantastic. Um, but <laughs> if you go back and look at open rates and click rates from about mm-hmm. March to June or July of 2020, ours were so inflated. I mean, they were just reading everything. Uh, so I think that that played a part in it too, because it went out during that time. Sure. But also, I, I think there's something to be said for uh, using data to tell a very specific and personalized story. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we were all a little, not bored, but we were hungry for information and couldn't yes. go out, right? So you had a captive audience. Um, I do think personalized storytelling is the future of communications for many utilities, Mm -hmm. especially if you're trying to encourage people to take an action. So maybe it wouldn't have been a 50% conversion rate um, if you did it this year, but I bet it would still be 30 to 40% and then you could reach out. You said you've done this one other time. Um, Mm -hmm. What was the second way that, or the second time that you tried to use personalized storytelling with data um, well, we rolled out um, we rolled out an EV rate, so those with a okay. with an EV rate, which it doesn't just benefit those who have EVs, but also an electric vehicle, a level two in home charger rebate. So okay. we targeted. We had been tracking anyone who had previously clicked on an electric vehicle article we had published, or um, or social media interacted with a social media electric vehicle post or anything like that. And I should say, yes, because y'all have one of the best campaigns I've ever seen for electric vehicles. It was what was and it was Autumn um, on your team. Uh, yes, pimp my ride, deck my ride. Then, oh, deck because my ride. Okay, my ride was yes. taken. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Sorry, so it just we, came. It came. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so Autumn had that series, and then there was another series where she just asked. Like mm-hmm. it's a whole video series. It, I'll include a link in the on our website at pioneer.coop/podcast so that you can watch some of these videos. But they are amazing, and people love them. Yes, right? and now I'm trying to think of what the second uh, campaign was called. I'll think of it probably as soon as. We're finished, but it was great. Yeah, the idea was, it. yeah, it was answering common questions like, how many groceries can I get into an EV mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. as a mom? Like, you know, and if you're we got the tall, tallest person and I'm we could find, yeah, right. It was it was fantastic. It was making everything, and that's a whole other podcast. Yes, um, so anyone who had interacted, yes, anyone who had interacted with that kind of content, and we had their email address for. We rolled out the EV rate, uh, EV Perfect. charger rebate, um, and it's we have some other electric vehicle resources. Probably just our whole our EV website, the webpage, uh, promote that. And yeah, we had some conversion from that too. I'm not sure what the conversion rate was for that campaign off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, but still it's ideas. It's all about ideas and really thinking about how you can tell stories, personalized stories through the data. Yes. Um, 
So I love that you are adding this into your strategic planning and your goals. You're using what people care about to make sure the messages um, connect with them. It's so important to do that. How is uh, your co-op measuring the impact of your communication efforts now that you've started incorporating data like this? I know it's still new. Yes. Um, but are there some ways that you're trying to show the value of what you're doing? So again, we lean on member services for this. Uh, because, like you said, a main goal is to reduce the call volume. And for us, especially in the summertime, when those high bills start rolling in and it just causes a lot of calls and concern. So we're our efforts, we kind of view our team as a support department to member services. Like, what can we do? How can we help support you? How can we help reduce your calls, equip you to be able to answer calls and and help you become experts on on things that members will ask about. So we do, we use that, uh, which last summer, I'm not sure how it was where you are, but last summer there were record high uh, energy costs, record high natural gas prices, and our power cost adjustment increased to the most it has ever been in our co-op's 80 year history. It, it was going, uh, it was gonna be bad. So we learned this in June, and it was going to affect July bills. So we didn't have much, much time to prepare. Um, we did some targeted messaging, especially to the higher users who were really going to get hit hard. We did a big campaign about what was coming. And it, it, it not only reduced the call, not really reduced, the calls didn't go up in July because of high bills. So that's good. That was a win. <laughs> Because we were terrified that member services, they would just be slammed and there would be no relief. So after the fact, when I talked to our mem our member services supervisor, she was like, yeah, I mean, it was just a regular July for us. And not only that, that the member services, because of what we had provided them with, they were confident in answering those kind of more complex billing questions when you start talking about power cost adjustment and things can get dicey pretty quickly. But they were mm -hmm. confident in in their answering those questions and providing the members with answers. And so not a lot of calls were elevated, you know, to a manager and and things like that. So we do, we follow up with member services. We try to look at call volume uh, and, and just to make sure <laughs> that what we're doing is actually helpful. <laughs> love that. I, I love to use the data, not just at the beginning to create the messages, but then to follow up and see, was this effective? Uh, I'm assuming y'all yes. gave uh, training and talking points to your staff yes. when you had that. Yeah. Yes. We so did. it's, it's so good. And we, we always encourage folks to have like a benchmark for call volume before a crisis. Mm -hmm. um, so that after the crisis, you can see like yes. your communications work. And so practice. many folks don't yeah, it's it's just a good a good thing to to add um, add to your checklist when proving yes. the value of communications. Definitely. Um, now, and I know we've I, I could talk to you about data for hours, um, but I I wanted just to check. You talked about this at the Connect conference, and I heard that during your session you offered templates for communicators. Uh, what kind of templates did you create? Uh, and is there a way for any of our listeners to get a copy of these templates? Sure. So yes, the the templates that I made, they were copies of exactly what I use. 
So the the layout of our communications plan, uh, that's a template. The the spreadsheet where I track all of the data. So I input the numbers and it's got built-in formulas and um, different things like that. That's one of the templates. And then the budget log, because I can't think of a more creative name for it, uh, where it's all <laughs> of the it tracks all the community spending among all the different um, communities where all all ideally someone would have to do is import their meter data and it would run all the calculations for them. So hopefully that will work out. Um, but yes, I, I'm happy to email those to you and you can post them on the website. That sounds yes. wonderful. What we can do um, is have a link to them so folks can download that. Um, if they just go again to our website, pioneer.coop slash podcasts, we'll have a link to this in the podcast episode with Verona. Um, and I, as a co-op communicator, thank you for creating yes. resources like that. I love the way that we can work together, uh, share ideas and share resources because we're all in this together. We're all, yes. we all have the end, same end goal in mind. Yes. So thank you for creating I will those warn you, and though, sharing them. These spreadsheets oh, yes, are, I mean, they're just spreadsheets. They're not like I can make it, I can whip out a newsletter and make it look pretty good. But an Excel document, like there's nothing fancy. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Well, pretty about I, uh, them because that's not my wheelhouse. <laughs> I am sure they are amazing. And again, it's the idea and making it easier for uh, other co-op communicators and utility communicators to to find to put those ideas into action. That's the goal here. Yes. Uh, now, before I let you go, what else should utility pioneers consider when adding analytics to their communication planning? So I would identify, I would benchmark. So what I do is when I'm try, when we create our advertising plan, for example, and each month our ads point to they they direct the audience to a specific place that I can track. So start with benchmarking whatever that is. For example, in July, we're pointing everyone to our renewables page on our website. So I'll go in June 30th, see how many page views it has, and then I'll go back after the fact um, just to see what kind of an impact it has. Yeah. Um, did that answer your question? Yes. What was your original question? Yeah. I No, it was just just like a last thought of like what should people do? And I think you're right, benchmarking and mm -hmm. then going back and tracking at the end. All right. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for sharing your story with Utility Pioneers. She's Brianna Wall at Oklahoma Electric Cooperative, and I'm your host, Megan McCoy now at Pioneer Utility Resources. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. Story Connect is produced by Pioneer Utility Resources, a communications cooperative that is built to share your story. Story Connect is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio.